Hey podcast listeners, we have another great episode today, this time with a guest who has stepped up as a Docker captain. Normal Matha shares his experiences as an operations engineer evolving in our industry with John and Amy live from DockerCon 2017 while I'm dialing in remotely, which is why my audio is a little crappy. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Whispers. I'm Amy Lewis. Uh, I'm Matthew Broberg. And I'm John Mark Troyer. And we've never podcasted before. Welcome one and all. We are here and going to move at hyper speed, at the speed of technology, because we have a very special guest who is on a deadline because he's got a lot of stuff going on. So, Normal, can you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Normal Matha. I'm a chief technologist at Booz Allen Hamilton, and I'm a Docker captain in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. Yeah, so we just had the fun of realizing um, we came all the way to Austin, Texas, here to DockerCon, to realize we eat at the same Whole Foods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Normal, thank you so much for agreeing to be on today. Part of what mm-hmm. we want to talk about is you just mentioned you're a Docker captain, which is part of why you've got such a crazy busy schedule here. Um, on the show, we love to hear about people who give that little bit extra. And obviously, you could just be an attendee. You could just do your day job. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> what What brings you to do that extra thing, and what impact has that had on your career? Um, so the biggest thing is kind of the DevOps revolution that's been going on. Uh, I, I saw, so backing up, I saw uh, Solomon do the the demo of Docker and OzCon in 2013. So a couple months after it got open sourced and it was like Friday morning at the conference. I mean, it just felt like to this morning, right? Uh, at DockerCon and no one was there. And when I saw the <laughs> demo, it was mind blowing. And I saw it was kind of one of those glimpses of the future. And I knew that this was where everything was going to go. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I helped bring that back to the the folks I work with at, at Booz Allen and just by chance and good good luck a proposal dropped from the government that specified building out a new greenfield modern platform for building applications at the GSA General Services Administration and we won that contract and started implementing Docker in there about a year later and out of that came it was just at the same time that DevOps was becoming a little bit more mainstream. Um, you know, I, I talked to John Willis, who's a DevOps evangelist mm-hmm. and kind of like a hero in the in this kind of industry. And he talks about 2007, 2006, 2008. Uh, I mean, we were just getting like started with cloud and data centers at that point in, at, at our company. So uh, it's kind of old for him. But I think about 2013, 2014, DevOps kind of started becoming more mainstream as a as a vehicle of change and transformation at these, uh, at our clients and customers and just broadly in industry. And so, so I have one quick question. Just yeah, no worries. Um, I love that the, the fortuitousness of the contract coming through. Um, did you also, because again, what we're passionate about the bleeding edge stuff doesn't always coincide perfectly with the work we're doing. How did you always kind of keep a side project uh, running to stay fresh or involved with meetups or, Tell me how you kind yeah, of... Yeah, so um, I, I was never really involved with meetups because in the D.C. area, it's a little bit different. It's so much government contracting and government work that the meetups aren't typically around new technologies. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah, because there are, are less hoodies, yeah. more suits. 
Yeah. yeah. Or, <laughs> or just a lot of people maybe. just complaining about legacy <laughs> stuff, right? Which is, I guess, every meetup to an extent. <laughs> You gotta um, have pizza and complaints. Yeah, section. <laughs> exactly. And there's not like as strong of a startup culture either. So mm-hmm. there's not that infusion in the in the DC area. I mean, it's changing, but uh, over the years. It, mm-hmm. So, but uh, I mean, there's there's super motivated engineers, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm always in a constant state of learning, and I need to be in a constant state of learning. Uh, and I can get to that in a little bit later. But um, so yes, I was always so that first year, so 2013 till 2014. I didn't have a Docker project at mm-hmm. work. It, there was nothing to do with it, um, but I definitely learned it, mm-hmm. was trying it out at home. Uh, I mean, that's the life of something where you're passionate about. Like, you just are doing it all the time, right? Um, and so, yes, we were very lucky to get that kind of contract because it was very far-reaching, thinking ahead. And we won it, we built it out, and we turned out, that turned out to be the first customer of Docker. So I w- my work and the platform we built were the f- one of the first production instances and one of the first customers of Docker ever. That's amazing. Wow, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I love so many things about it. One, I, I love the kind of aha eureka moment, right, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. a lot of us have had about different technologies. I mean, back in the day, people would tell the same story about their first VMware vMotion. Oh, like, so sort of that thing. was mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then also just the kind of right place, right time. Things mm-hmm. have to come together. Absolutely. All that sort of stuff is a little bit fortuitous. You can't quite plan it. But Absolutely. I, but I like, I was actually going to ask John, you and Matt that. I love in your story, Normal, you talked about um, that you were already working on this stuff. So then I, it's like the chicken and the egg question that he's brought us. Like, do you get these opportunities because you as an engineer are already learning that way? So you're more ripe for it. You can kind of see the landscape. It comes to you, you know, or is it... Um, you know, it comes that way and then you do the work. So your story is a little bit of both. Yeah. So what's interesting is like, I I just heard this phrase recently, which is strong opinions loosely held. Mm. And I think it's that kind of mentality. I think we can get stuck having very strong opinions that are strongly held and Mm -hmm. not, and miss the signals of new things happening around us Mm -hmm. and be very cynical about that. Mm -hmm. When we really should be, we can have strong opinions. That's fine. That's being an engineer to an extent, but being being loosely held to those opinions and being able to accept the context of old ideas coming back as new things or new ideas completely to adapt to them is like an important part of not only advancing your career, but being a professional and, and advancing your knowledge, right. And Mm -hmm. understanding and building new systems and new, you know, making, moving the world forward. Right. Yeah. I think there's really something there for anyone in uh, system operations or sysadmins or developers uh, that are on the the younger side. That's such a key element to leadership, really, having that strong opinion, but being willing to listen and and update those beliefs and those ideas based on, you know, the changing tides, right? If you wanted a stable, predictable future for your job, you should have studied geology. Rocks aren't (laughs) shifting too much these days uh, in their form. But uh, a technology landscape sure as hell are. So, yeah, choose wisely. Um. And that's interesting. Uh, my my tag on Twitter, Normal Faults, is actually an Easter egg. It's a geology joke. So <laughs> that's kind of strange that you picked up on that. Um, Matt's always <laughs> way ahead of us. <laughs> uh, I, I, to pick up on that, it's, you know, leading a team to build out new technology, it's always tough. Like, all, all the folks on our team, we never touched any of this stuff. We've swarmed and exist. We 
implemented Swarm open source stuff. But none of these products existed that exist today. So you're really learning on you know learning as quick as you can. Well, Nirmal, did you consider yourself a developer or like an IT operations person, or where? What was your hat? Yeah, uh, so my hat. Um, st I started at Booz Allen. So I have a degree in EE, an undergrad. I started my career as a SATCOM engineer, a network engineer. Mm -hmm. um, helped build our cloud competing practice at Booz Allen. So it was like six of us, and then we kind of grew it into like a hundred plus person team over the years. And so I'm coming from the kind of op side, I would say, and. Uh, you know, See, virtual what, machines and all that. But at the same time, okay. I had projects sprinkled in there where I was doing Python coding and ah. building apps. And I always had that uh, like, fundamentally. You were that kid, weren't you? You can't I, I, resist yeah. experimenting. Of course not. And I, I mean, I, I understood. I, I think I fundamentally understood that, especially when virtualization started to take off and you could see a virtual machine as a file, that infrastructure as code was going to be a thing. It, it seemed super clear that that was going to happen. Once we're in the matrix, it's all. Uh, yeah, the exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, once you realize you're, you're just moving a file around, <laughs> uh, then then you understand that you can programmatically start manipulating yeah. that, right? Because a, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are in the people, you know, formerly known as IT, right? And, yeah. And they, they look Who at Who are the, we? <laughs> well, and they look at this, you know, they look at everybody going to DockerCon and everyone's happy and, like, fully employed and, like, <laughs> experimenting. And um, and they wonder, like, how can I get there? Like, I don't have any apps that run on – that are containerized. Mm -hmm. I don't have any apps that run on Kubernetes. What – you know, I still have these old apps. And we talked about that at this conference. There are ways in. But I think that, you know – one, I don't know if you have any advice, but one path was have some side projects that might involve some Python coding, for instance. Yeah, and I'm, I was lucky to have actual projects as well, but absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it's it, it, it never, you know, if you ever think of, if you ever hear yourself saying, I will never be doing that, mm. you will end up doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like... As an engineer, you don't want to risk, yeah, Murphy's Law and uh, kind of risking that in the sense. That's a clear signal that you should probably be learning that. Oh, at I least a little that. bit, right? If you hear yourself even thinking. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Every time I've thought about that, I, it ends up invariably. And it might not be immediate, but sometime down the line, you'll end up doing that. Because we're big cycles, right? Yeah. IT is huge cycles. And now with DevOps, DevOps is kind of a double-edged sword. It causes an existential crisis in a lot of these uh, folks and their careers and where they thought their position was and their nine-to-five kind of sysadmin jobs. But it's also an opportunity to help drive that transformation in the organization you're in. So it's a signal, like if you start looking at DevOps principles, going to DevOps days, going to meetups, uh, yeah, that's really good advice too. Um, you start to see that as a signal that, and you and you go back to work, and it's not like that. It's a signal that you're the you're the person that's going to drive that change. I, I love <laughs> that too. Of like, I think sometimes we look around and say, "Who's going to do this?" And mm -hmm. then, you know, that sort of classic thing where everybody else is backed up a step. <laughs> I sort of joke. I feel like that this this month for uh, my Absolutely. accidental daughter's. Uh, uh, head soccer coach, which I had volunteered basically to be water girl, and then suddenly, like everybody took three steps back. But you, you, you rise to the challenge because I, I think there is something to if something's important enough, you don't you don't put your hand down, even if you're like I'm. How how is it me? Yeah. So how did you move from maybe the accidental volunteer to to really taking this in hand? I know you run 
um, you run the meetup locally for DockerCon as a Docker captain. Mm-hmm. Did this? Do you feel like you accidentally volunteered, or did you just well, kind of run into? I was it? voluntold with that because I moved <laughs> to Durham, and they're like, they're, "You're the only Docker captain in the state of North Carolina." And until the office that just got stood up there from Docker, I was one of like three docker people right i'm not i'm not a docker employee but like a docker captain and so they're like well now you're the organizer it's a dead (laughs) meetup and it needs to be revived and so you know congratulations (laughs) but i i I mean i'm being a little bit facetious but i would have taken that on anyway Mm -hmm. um what's lucky is uh in that in the triangle area there's a really good triangle devops meetup Mm -hmm. and so and i had met people along at conferences that live in that area and it started already building a network and since i didn't know anyone in the raleigh durham area when i moved down there that was the immediate first place i would have probably started looking for friends and people to know right mm-hmm. i mean that's uh, you know the sense of community is a driving force in society i think and it keeps us moving forward and that's core to even devops kind of principles to an extent and if you want to go john willis's route all the way to deming and past right and so um and deming if you don't know who that is you should probably look him up and watch john willis's talk on the history of devops uh which is amazing but really embracing that kind of feeling of community and helping everyone be the person that wants to step forward and bring and and giving empowering folks to be that change in their organizations i mean some of these you know i I, i'm a federal contractor and so i deal with really bureaucratic, sour, you know, uh, places that it uh, was in one location is 150 steps in 180 days to get a virtual machine. Oh, my God. Right? And so that's that's molasses. And a lecture to anyone out there who is complaining about their day. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's a really big challenge to kind of tackle that on. But uh, the DevOps community and having that community can be the ammunition you need to point and say, look, these folks are doing it. These folks are doing it. Nothing is insurmountable in that sense. I love that. Hey, I also wanted to ask, you know, <laughs> it sounds like the the stepping up and going to these meetups and things. Um, one piece of feedback we do get maybe some early uh, resistance to those that aren't already stepping out into their community is the sense of time. So how do you uh, deal with, you know, life work balance and, yeah. uh, you know, knowing, knowing when to say like, Hey, I can totally do this. I'm going to keep going or knowing when to tap out and ask somebody else to step up. So that comes from self-reflection and understanding kind of when those moments are happening in your life. So, uh, for example, last year I moved, which is a huge undertaking. If I was like a organizer of a meetup, I would have probably stepped back worked on moving right Mm -hmm. um you know if uh if you've got family concerns or things happening in your personal life or things happening at work uh, i travel a lot for work so being a meetup organizer is a very tough kind of thing however again i think about community right you have your neighbors you have folks you you can find other people in your meetups or in your activities that can take on those tasks while you're away you start to trust other people, coworkers, friends. That's how we survive as human beings, really, on the, uh, as we move through life. So I would say, it, you know, feeling if you ever feel like you're alone, you're never really alone. And stepping back is a lot easier once you start to reach out to other folks. Um, I really, 
I really like that. Like this reminder <laughs> that you have, like we, we are all, uh, you know, surviving in a web of interconnected people that care for us. And, you know, at times, uh, you know, what I just took away from that is it, maybe you're running something and you don't have time to go pick up the soda for the meetup, like ping somebody, ask for help. And lo and behold, you'll have a dozen people that are willing to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I'm, it never ceases to amaze me when, when you call on people to help you. Um, we, we have this in, in our society here, we have this kind of reluctance to kind of reach out for some reason. And I think, uh, you know, the principles of kind of DevOps and community and neighbors and, you know, the extended kind of, uh, places that we find each other interacting, that's all driving us to reach out, um, fundamentally. And, it's really important, especially in our industry. Um, we don't have the crutch of like kind of complaining about pay and, you know, kind of doldrums to an extent, but it is a really tough career if you're under a lot of pressure and, you know, your, your systems are going down, you're responsible for things, you're maybe you're working at a startup and you're working 80 hours a a week or something like that. I, I haven't worked at a startup, so I don't know but, what the stress levels are. But well, you were talking about your own <laughs> career and starting with a team of about six, and now it's up to a hundred. Both have a stress at uh, you know different stresses at different levels. Is a, absolutely a phrase I, I I like, but it, it, it's similar yeah. concept. And and it's it's really amazing, like um, how you you kind of go through these burnout waves, and you have to understand that these are waves, right? That that it will change. It, nothing it. Nothing is permanent in that mm -hmm. sense. So mm -hmm. uh, John Willis and I, we talk about burnout. So there was a big blog post he he posted and a talk he did around burnout and mm -hmm. DevOps. And it was kind of like the the thing that we need, the elephant in the room of IT is like, and it was after um, a mentee of his committed suicide, right? And it like really destroyed him. Um, and he felt responsible for that and that is what i mean we are all responsible for helping and being there to support each other right i think we get stuck in these big technical battles mm -hmm. that leak into they like our identify yeah because we are a, we you know the the stickers on our laptops become <laughs> our our identity right our tribe and we identity. have to remember that that's not our full identity right, right? <laughs> that's that's it's it's like just like wearing a Star Wars shirt, it's not like who you are. You're not yeah. actually Chewbacca, unfortunately, <laughs> right? You're not actually Han Solo. But John, I'm it, just saying. An but it is, yeah. Sorry, but John, it is an indication Chewbacca. to a community that you belong to. Yeah. And that's what it means. It, it means you're associating with a broader in helping something. It's not an that. identification of a territory. That is what a great idea. Move from that territorial concept to I'm part of this, so let's be part of this together. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we're all here trying to invent the, the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm getting into machine learning and virtual reality and augmented reality and all these new kind of digital transformations, right? And we're going to be in a place where, you know, will everyone have a job? I don't know. Uh, will we all interact in reality or virtual reality? I don't know. You know, what what's real, what's not real? And we have to cement our understanding of like human connection mm -hmm. otherwise it's going to be really tough entering into these new these new waves that are coming
One thing that is interesting, um, we're we're all we're all about community, right? And we talk a lot about community and how technologists learn and and uh, get together and gather. You're a Docker captain, mm -hmm. so that you know, speaking about connection, right? The Docker captain program. Mm -hmm. uh, if people don't know it, it's, it's seventy people, uh, only a year and a half old. You know, Docker, the ecosystem going like nuts. Um, they pulled together actually a remarkable set of. of user group leaders and bloggers, et cetera. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the connectivity or the, uh, you know, how you're finding being a part of the Docker Captains program? Absolutely. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, one thing I was talking to another captain about this today is that in my job, I, it's mostly focused on the U.S. I don't interact internationally. But in, through the Captains program, it's like the most international group of people I interact with uh, by far in my career. Um, and my just life in general. And it's that sense of like talking to someone in Italy and talking to someone in Argentina. And, and, and we have a commonality around Docker, but we also have a commonality around being IT folks and mm -hmm. seeing and, and mentoring and helping new users. It's, it's a kind of common story. The, the language is different, mm -hmm. but the, the kind of content is the same, right? And so it's really awesome. I feel now like I can go anywhere on the planet and have a community that relates to me. That's a great feeling. Yeah. Especially when we work in a job that can sometimes <laughs> be a little isolating because a lot of folks are the one person that does that oh, task at their job. I know. And, and I hope this reaches those folks because that's really the important people that get this kind of message is that you're not alone. Um, I was out in Flint, Michigan area, Port Huron, um, last, last week visiting some family and it's there's like nothing out there, right? Mm -hmm. And but I'm sure I met a, a person that is you know an IT person managing the local uh, servers, right, for the local city government. There's an IT person, and yep. we talked about containers, and we talked about security, and we talked about databases going down. I mean, that's the kind of thing he he probably felt that he was alone out there. Not many other IT folks out yep. there, but. There's always people, and there's always connections. And I think part of the Docker Captain program is being a person that is holding a flag saying you can reach out. I love that. The sort of uh, like a tour group, follow me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I love your positive energy, but we always have one question that we like to conclude the show with. Um, uh -oh. the, the negative space question, if you will, of in your career, what is the one thing that we'd coach somebody to never, ever do again, learn from you, don't make this mistake. You've made it for them in advance. So what would you tell them? Um, never underestimate when you think someone is wrong. Oh. Hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Unpack that for us. <laughs> so this is where I learned, like, the strong, strong opinions, strongly held versus t loosely held. Uh, you know, I've gotten into kind of discussions, and I'm not, like, a hardcore engineer in the sense that I'm, like, oh, it must be this way. But I definitely have had interactions where I kind of was – way too quickly dismissive mm -hmm. of a new person's ideas and thoughts. And what happens is it might have been a fleeting comment for myself to that person, and I might I probably didn't think about it ever again. Mm -hmm. But to them, it probably took a lot of courage to ask and to open themselves to not knowing, and it like, makes me tear up because i kind of remembering all this kind of happening. But, like... The, the idea that something that's, that's so in passing to me can be, have a big effect on someone, you have to kind of be careful about that. 
And that's where that kind of strong opinion loosely held. If you can direct that energy to teaching or to getting a better understanding and being open to why they didn't think like they got it wrong mm -hmm. or why they thought a specific thing was one way when it was really the other way. And no, you're not stupid. You just didn't understand that little bit. Yeah. If you can direct that energy to the learning, like to teaching that or even getting, which ends up more of the case is actually learning from them. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> That's an important thing. I really love that. That's great. Yeah. See, I, you can, I can even take that negative one and <laughs> put it, it to a positive. Damn you normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Again, we know this is a really busy schedule. I have certainly enjoyed your perspective and learning more about the Dr. Captain's program and, and what an impact it's had on your life. Um, if people want to follow up, learn more, follow you online, what's the best place to look for you? So I'm on Twitter at Normal Faults. I'm on GitHub at Normal Faults. I'm on the Captain's, Docker Captain's webpage. I'm the Docker Raleigh Meetup Manager and Organizer. Um, I do have a domain. There's no blog post there. It's normal.io. But check it out every once in a while. I'll eventually get something up there. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, check out the Docker 2015 keynote talk that I did and some of the other presentations around DevOps. That's awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. That's it for the Geek Whispers. Over and out. You've been listening to the Geek Whispers podcast. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers or at jtroyer, mjbrender, and comsninja. Thanks for listening and see you next time. <laughs>